I am not a charismatic. I am not Pentecostal. But I'll tell you this, I think for far too long we've been so scared of being labeled something like that that we have buried the true sense of worship when it comes to the things of the Lord. And we ought not be ashamed of it. In fact, we were going to preach on that tonight out of Romans chapter 1. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And oh, I hope we don't be ashamed of it. We shed a few tears. People may look at us like we're fools. And the truth is they need, to, they need to see that there's somebody that loves their Lord with all their heart. And I think it does us well from time to time to just thank Him for who He is. And uh, I wasn't going to preach out of Psalm 107 tonight, but I think we're going to this evening. So if you bear with me, I don't have any notes on this one, so this one may go long. <laughs> Hopefully not. We'll start reading, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. For His mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them out of their distresses. And He led them forth by the right way. By the way, aren't you glad He always leads us by the right way? In Psalm 23, He said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. His way is always the right way. Verse number 7, And He led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. And you'll see an exclamation point. The psalmist is proclaiming. He uses an interjection at the beginning of the sentence. The little word, oh. It's there for the sound of emotion, for the idea of emphasizing. Almost with a pleading voice, you can hear the psalmist say, Oh, that we would praise Him for His goodness, for His wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Such as sit in darkness in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron. Because they rebelled against the words of God and contemned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. And he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and break their bands in sunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. For He hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in sunder. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquity, are, iniquities are afflicted. 
Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. And they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and He saveth them out of their distresses. He sent His word and healed them, delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare His works with rejoicing. They that go down to the sea in ships and do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and His wonders in the deep. For He commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof, and they mount up to the heaven. They go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and He bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad because they be quiet. So He bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Father, we pray that You'll bless the next few moments together as we study Your Word. Open this passage to us and may it bring joy to our hearts. May it instruct us and draw us closer to You. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I love this psalm. Four different times he speaks of the fact that God delivered those out of their distresses. And all that meant would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. We find four things here that are dealt with in I'll tell you, as a Christian, you and I can relate to them. I'd like for us, if you would, to look at the first one. We find here a group of people, and I understand and know that from a historical standpoint, the psalmist here is writing of the children of Israel, the wilderness wanderings that they endured for 40 years. I understand that. But you realize tonight that the wilderness wanderings in the Old Testament are a picture of our lost condition. We were lost and wandering in the same kind of wilderness. It was a wilderness, though, of sin. And just as the nation of Israel was wandering and was at the, at the whim of the Lord as far as their supply and as far as their defense, it was up to Him to supply their needs, the manna and the water. It was up to Him to provide their defense. So you and I were in the same boat. We had no hope. There was no way for you and I to save ourselves. There's nothing we could have done to provide what was needed for our salvation. The Bible says in verse number 3, And they gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. And they wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted within them. Could we say tonight that before we were saved, that was the testimony of our life? Hungry and thirsty, our souls faint. We were lost and undone. 
Can I tell you this? That if God ever ceases to be God out of all the people in the world, you and I would be the most miserable. To realize that the hope and all that we have to depend upon for our eternal security is no longer available to us. I'm thankful that the Bible says that He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We call it immutable. He's unchanging. He's still a God that sits on the throne of glory. And He's still a holy God. And He's still a just God. And He is still a loving God. He's all-powerful. He's all-present. He's unchanging. And the psalmist said this, He's my God. I was hungering and I was thirsting before I got saved. And my soul fainted within me. Look what the Bible says here. The psalmist rejoices in this. And he says, Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. He delivered them out of their distresses. Can I tell you this tonight? There's not one of us that came to the place of being in the family of God without going through the cross. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And not one of us have any hope of heaven if we've not come through Christ. We must cry to Him. We must call upon His name. The Bible says they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. And look what it says here. He delivered them out of their distresses. What were the distresses? Our souls were hungering, weren't they? And now we have the bread of life. Our souls were thirsting in a wilderness. And now we have water that if we drink, we never thirst again. And our souls fainted within us. And now we have a Savior who says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We called unto Him, didn't we? One day when we realized our lost and undone condition, we realized that we were hungry and thirsty. We were fainting and our souls were unable to find a city to dwell in. There was no refuge for my soul. We found a refuge in Christ. The psalmist got to meditating and thinking historically on what God had done for the nation of Israel. And all he could do was say, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness, for His wonderful works to the children of men. And he says it with zeal and zest and enthusiasm. We've lost our praise. We've lost our worship in the day and age that we live. We live in churches that many times will substitute some kind of performance. I heard somebody say it this way one time, that there are certain individuals of great fame in history that if they were able to live in our day and they were to visit us in this building, in this room, with the great honor that they have in their life and their recognition and their fame, many of us would stand to our feet and applaud them and give them a great ovation. But if the Son of God came walking through the doors tonight... We would not stand and give ovation, but we would begin to kneel before Him and say, worthy is the Lamb. We begin to worship Him. By the way, the Bible says that one day, it doesn't matter how defiant somebody is against God, 
one day every knee is going to bow. For the Christian, that brings great joy because it allows us to realize I'm going to get an opportunity one day to kneel before God Himself and thank Him for what He's done. And give Him praise for what He's done. For a lost person, that's not something to look forward to. But they will admit that He is Lord. Oh, that men... We praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. The Bible says, secondly, in verse number 11, they, because they rebelled against the words of the Lord and condemned the counsel of the Most High, therefore He brought down their heart with labor and fell down and there was none to help. There was a time in our lives where we fell away from God. We perhaps weren't living the way that we should. The Bible says that the ones that belong to Him, whom the Lord loveth, He scourgeth and chasteneth every son, doesn't He? I don't like it, but I know it's necessary. He doesn't do it to be mean to us. He doesn't do, us to, do it to us to get even with us, but He does it to draw us to Him. A few moments ago, I quoted from Psalm 23, and David, of all people, understood and knew what it was to be a shepherd. One of the methods of shepherding in the Old Testament. If a sheep wandered away from the shepherd and the shepherd was able to locate him and find him before the wolves got him, the shepherd would take the sheep in his arm and he would hold his two legs together and he would take the rod. Aren't you glad that the psalmist said his rod and his staff comfort us? The staff guides us. The rod corrects us, and we need both. The shepherd would take that rod, and he would break the legs of that little lamb. Then he would carefully wind them up and bandage them, and they had a shepherd's pocket sewn into their cloaks, and they would take that sheep, and they would put it up under their arm, their left arm, right next to the shepherd's heart. I'm told that the sheep would hear the heart of the shepherd beating And when the legs were mended and the bandages finally came off as the shepherd took him and set him down, that for the rest of that sheep's life, he never wanders more than a few feet from the shepherd. No wonder the psalmist could say, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. There are times we rebel against God. There are times we get away from God. And God has to bring a, a rod of chastening into our lives. And the truth of the matter is, even then... We ought to be praising God and thanking Him for His goodness. For if God did not love us, He would leave us to our own choices, wouldn't He? He would leave us to our own consequences. But He loves us too much for that. These children of Israel rebelled against God. God brings their heart down with labor. He puts them into slavery and into submission. They fell down. There was none to help. But look what it says in verse number 13. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them out of their distresses. Can I say this? God is always faithful. There's not one thing in this chapter that we find where they've extended the grace of God beyond its breaking point. 
There's not one place in this chapter where we ever find someone crossing a line and God cutting them off and saying, you have no opportunity to come back to me. For God is an ever-present Lord and Master who stands with His arms wide open. And if we're willing to come to Him, He's willing to receive us. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. For He hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in sunder. Verse number 17. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat and draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and He saveth them out of their distresses. There are times we get to a place where we don't feel like we can go on anymore. I've heard some of us, even in this room, give testimony of the fact that we had reached points in our lives where we began to say, Lord, I'm not even sure if I can make it another day. I think most of us have been in a place like that before. And if we haven't been, it's going to come sometime in our life, isn't it? Don't know if I can continue on. I remember when my dad passed away and my mom came to me about three months afterwards and she said, Greg, there's times I'm driving down the road. I think how easy it would be to just turn the wheel. I miss him so much. I could just go on and be with him. How easy it would be to get to the end of our our rope and say, I, there's no chance. I, I have nothing to look forward to in this life. Can I say this tonight? He is faithful. He is faithful. And as long as there's breath in us, He has a plan for us. These folks had gotten to a place where they literally even abhorred the meat. The Bible says they drew near unto the gates of death. They had given up all hope and they had no nothing to look forward to. And then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and He saveth them out of their distresses. Can I tell you this? We have a world full of folks who have gotten to the end of their rope. The suicide rate in America is at epidemic proportions now. Thousands a day. People getting to the end of their ropes. Not knowing where to turn. And the answer is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know that, but they don't know that. We can just point them to the cross. We can say all that men would thank Him for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Oh, that we would be busy praising God for who He is. I'll tell you, there ought not be a person we come across in a day's time that we ought not to be praising God about it. Making sure they know that we love our God and that He loves us. Because the truth of the matter is we've been saved time and time and time again. He's been faithful, hasn't He? Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. And the Bible speaks in verse number 23, They that go down to the sea in ships and do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and His wonders in the deep. They commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof, and they mount to the heavens. They go down again to the depths, and their soul is melted because of trouble. 
They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wits' end. Can I tell you this? There are times that even though we've seen God's works and we know God's works, we still go through a valley, don't we? There are times that even though we may have great faith, maybe we, maybe even though we have great mountaintop experiences, there are always times in our lives where valleys come in. And there are times we get at our wits' end. We reel to and fro as a drunken man, the Bible says. We don't know which way is up. Aren't you glad He's a Savior that leads us? And He guides us. The Bible says, They cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm, watch this, a calm. I can only think of one person that can take a storm and make it calm. I don't know what you're going through. I know there's times in my life I've been through storms. And can I tell you this? Without exception, He's always made them calm. They haven't been pleasant to go through, but every time He's brought me through to the other side. Every time that storm passed. I love the song, Till the Storm Passes By. It says, Hold me fast, let me stand. Not out in the storm. The songwriter wrote, Hold me fast and let me stand in the hollow of thy hand. Keep me safe till the storm passes by. Folks, I can only tell you of one person that can do that. And that's God. And here's the greatest part about it. He's my God. And He's your God. What in the world does a Christian ever have to complain about? If we know that we're saved and on our way to heaven, why in the world would we ever get in the circumstance that we feel that we would need to complain? Knowing who He is and what He's already done for us. Instead, all oh, that men would praise Him for His marvelous works to the children of men. I want you to notice now as we get to verse number 32, having seen these four examples with all of this said and done, here's what the psalmist concludes. Verse number 32. Let us what? Exalt Him. Let us exalt Him also in the congregation of the people. And praise Him in the assemblies of the elders. Out of all of these things that God had brought them through, this was the sum of it. Let us exalt Him. Let's praise Him in the assembly of the elders. The Bible says in verse number 2 of this chapter, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I love that. If we've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb of the Lord Jesus Christ, let's say so. I almost can go now to my message and it would tie right in that we're not to be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. If God is who He claims to be, and He knows, and we know that He is because of our experience in Him, let's not be ashamed of Him. Let's exalt Him. Let's lift Him up. Let's proclaim Him to a lost and a dying world. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. The Bible says, Whom He hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Can I tell you this? We don't have to battle the enemy anymore. Oh, I'm not saying that on a day-to-day -day basis we don't still have to watch for Satan. But the truth of the matter is, as far as our life is concerned and our soul is concerned, the victory was won at Calvary. 
Where, O death, is thy sting? Where, O grave, is thy victory? Jesus won it at Calvary. And the psalmist said it this way. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt Him also in the congregation of the people and praise Him in the assembly of the elders. The Bible says in verse number 42 of this chapter, The righteous shall see it and rejoice. And all iniquity shall stop her mouth. Whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. If there's nothing else we get out of the service tonight as we leave this place, can we understand a little more fully the loving kindness of our God? Can we rejoice a little bit more in Him? What if we were to cut our complaining in half and increase our praise by doubling it? What do you think that would do? Make a big difference in our lives, wouldn't it? Might make a big difference in the lives of those we come in contact with. I believe it would. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and His wonderful works to the children of men. Let's stand together with heads bowed. Father, we're thankful for Your Word. Not the message that I felt that we needed for tonight, but Lord, You kind of directed a different way. Now, Father, I don't know if anybody else in this room needed this tonight, but I needed it. Lord, there are times that we need to just come to You. We need to thank You for who You are. Lord, it is with great joy in our hearts that we worship You. We spend time praising You for who You are. Father, may we not do it privately, but may we, as we go through our daily lives, Shout praises to you to tell everyone we find about the great God that we have. And Father, to let them know how much you love us. How often you've been faithful to us. And Lord, even when we have failed you and been unfaithful to you, you were still faithful to us. Lord, I pray that you'll bless the service and as we leave here tonight that we would not soon forget the time that we've spent here together tonight. Perhaps before we go to our places to sleep this evening, we'd get down on our knees and spend a few moments thanking you for who you are. I pray that you'll dismiss us now with your blessings. And Lord, bring us back again safe on Wednesday night as we take an opportunity to study Your Word again. And until then, Lord, I pray that You would dwell in our hearts, that Your love would shed abroad abundantly in them, full and overflowing to where we can't even contain it all, and that we cannot help but rejoice in the God of our salvation. Dismiss us now with Your blessings, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.